when you're moving from a place of love, nourishing yourself, of um, deep compassion for yourself, for others, for higher meaning, that's always going to be good. And even if the outcome doesn't turn out how you want it, you know that what you've done was in pure truth. And, and that is Lauren Howe from the Little Wellness Co. in Perth. Lauren managed to ditch her six-figure corporate job as a lawyer and follow her own entrepreneurial journey to become a very successful health and meditation coach. This podcast is going to be great for someone who might be feeling a little lost or overwhelmed by their current work situation. Lauren's going to speak with us about how you can find your passion and purpose and then what to do once you find it. We'll also be chatting about how you can find work-life balance, allow your ideas to flourish and avoid overdoing it to the point where you lose your passion. You might want to grab a pen and paper to make some notes for this one and listen all the way through because this podcast is packed full of super helpful information. You're listening to the iCuckoo Podcast with Alex Shepard. Pilot your potential and take off. I'm very excited to welcome Lauren to the show. That's awesome. (laughs) So from the start, how you became a lawyer and then how you sort of moved out of that and into this um, realm of being an entrepreneur, I suppose, as a wellness coach. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess the choice to uh, pursue law as a career uh, was one that uh, definitely in hindsight I can see wasn't necessarily a choice out of passion and um, a feeling of deeper purpose and meaning that I that was the reason why I chose it. It was definitely uh, a choice based on the fact that I had great grades and did quite well in school and at 18 I think many of us sort of aren't really sure about what exactly we want to do. And I, and but in saying that, there's probably a lucky number of us that really have that um, purpose and determination from the beginning. But for me, I was really unsure. And I actually started off, um, I chose to do psychology and criminology uh, as my first choice at university and went and did that. And, um, and so I've always had a bit of a fascination with the mind and how that works, why people do things that they do. And... I remember after my first year, it was a bit of a commute from Rockingham to Joondalup, and I wasn't really feeling 100% in the course um, and, again, had done really well, so there was the opportunity to move into a different university course and I decided to transfer into law. Um, Yeah, so that choice was, again, um, I guess based on because I had good enough grades to do it, then I should do it. And I think something we spoke about uh, just a little earlier was that just because you're good at something or can do something uh, doesn't mean that that's what you should do. Uh, But at the time, based on my uh, supports around me and and things that were going on, that was uh, the choice that I made. And I think we're pretty conditioned um, in life and in the society we live in to go to school and get a degree. And if you can get a degree as a lawyer or a doctor or an engineer, then um, that's amazing and good on you. And and then, you know, get married and have kids and, you know, put a nice bow on that. And yeah. and so that was, I guess, the path I was following. So ended up doing my law degree. And if failing a unit wasn't a warning sign, <laughs> having to go back. And I remember the lecturer saying to me, um, why, you know, what happened? Why did you fail this unit? And I literally was like, I just didn't turn up, you know. And so there were warning signs, but that I wasn't passionate about it, that, yeah, I was completely disengaged and I was just doing I remember I'd sit an exam, get it done, and then you don't even ask me what that was about because it, it was to just get it, get it done. Um, so it was all there, but I was really stuck in this belief system that, you know, I, I needed to get it done and to be successful, that's what I needed to do. And to be happy, that's what I needed to do because success and happiness, as we're told, is, is yeah, meant to is meant together. to align together. Yeah. And success in that that notion and that belief um, of, of doing that, yeah, success in defined in a particular way, I guess. Mm. And, yeah, I, I finished and um, I was with my partner at the time, Ryan, and I got a job in the government. And I worked there for about seven years. Um, and while I was working there, yeah, look, um, had great experiences. And I always look back at that time working for the government as not completely terrible. I think it's easy to look back and sort of say, oh, it was horrible. Oh, it was horrible. It's the worst. But, you know, it, it gave me so much opportunity to do a lot of things that I don't want to 
um, dismiss that. It allowed us to travel and to buy, you know, our first home and um, a lot of freedom in that sense. And, you know, I met some really lifelong friends um, through that, some beautiful people and got to go out to remote Aboriginal communities and do work um, out there. And that was all incredible and really um, enriching experiences. But at the end of the day, I guess the fundamental thing was that I was really just felt completely disconnected from the work and I wasn't passionate about it and I was definitely in there because I had a belief that I needed a secure and stable job so that I had a certain amount of money mm. and that that money I needed so that I could um, escape the job <laughs> and go on holiday yeah. um, but also to pay for a mortgage and and a lifestyle that I felt that I needed which um, now looking back a lot of those things that were um, escapes and, and things that I was buying were purely to sort of distract myself and to give myself that immediate, yeah, that immediate um, gratification and to feel good. So, yeah, um, decided to, to delve into wellness coaching and that was a result of um, when my husband and I decided to have kids. I, uh, we went, you know, tried to have kids, nothing happened and we went down um, the IVF road, nothing came from that. And I remember thinking, hang on, like, this isn't the plan. Like, this yeah. isn't what's meant to happen. I meant to, you know, um, silly me, my escape from this job is to have kids and um, and that's going to be yeah. so easy, right? Um, <laughs> Into a, like, a more full-time yeah. full job. Oh, how crazy. So um, the universe had different plans for me and, and I'm incredibly grateful for the journey that I've been on because if it wasn't for... Um, that pause and that turning point of, hey, we can't have kids and suddenly that story of um, the successful life no longer fits that traditional successful life. And you were quite young or like yeah. reasonably young. I was well, probably about 26, yeah, 25, 26. Yeah. So, yeah, so got married sort of at 24. never something that pops into your mind. No way. Like and came from a completely like this family that would just, you know, pop out kids or, you know, like it right. really was no one – had and and if they had it was not spoken about okay. as well so infertility is one of those things that I think there can be a bit of shame around that um, people don't always uh, feel comfortable being vulnerable about it but I know from having shared my story in it and it didn't come easy you know this is we're talking this is like a five six seven year journey um, that I've been on so I'm I'm at peace and very comfortable talking about it but um I've realised how many other people and how many other women and couples experience similar challenges in trying to fall pregnant. Um, so, yeah. So is there a, a big link? Because that was following the Hashimoto's. That was uh, around the same time. Same time. Yeah. So um, at that time, uh, not being able to get pregnant and then finding out after um, some significant stressful events in my life and in my workplace... Um, ended up being diagnosed with Hashimoto's. So um, that's an autoimmune disease that affects the thyroid and makes it underactive. Uh, thankfully, I was probably on the lower spectrum of how bad that can get, but it was definitely another wake-up call for me that the environment that I was in and, and the workplace I was in, the life I was living really wasn't aligned or serving me uh, in a positive way. And... I remember telling uh, the people I worked with about the Hashimoto's and um, it was almost a joke because a lot of people I worked with had autoimmune diseases and it was kind of a welcome to the club. Oh and I think if that was a big warning yeah. sign as well. And then it also kind of becomes, oh, being stressed is the norm, Absolutely. pushing yourself to the limit of... Um, because you can push yourself to to higher limits in a, in a good way, mm. right? You can achieve and work hard and and reward yourself and feel fulfilled and happy about mm. it. But then there's also the flip side where you just you push yourself and push yourself because you're fearful of what happens if you didn't. Yeah, and then you can create illness exactly within yourself. Oh, yeah, that's so scary. <laughs> so, what were your steps then um, from sort of realising that, you know, what you've just realised, mm. that your work was causing illness and that you needed mm. to make a big change. Mm. What was those steps that you actually put in place after that to be able to 
get out of that situation because mm. obviously you've got such a good income. That's quite mm. scary of, well, like, how do you let go mm. and dive into something else? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it was incredibly um, scary and quite a a thing that took a bit of time so it didn't just happen and then straight away I decided to quit my job. Uh, it was probably another two years before things started to fall into place, um, maybe a little bit under that. So for me I decided to start looking at different uh, career options and I call them career options but at the time I, I still saw them as really inferior and something that wouldn't provide uh, opportunity to completely leave the, that uh, work situation. So I had this belief that um, if I wanted to make good, stable money, that I needed to stay in that government environment um, and that these other things wouldn't work. So I actually tried interior design and I did a course in that um, and got my Cert 3 in that and absolutely loved it but still didn't feel that that really set my soul on fire. And I do always remember saying you know, one of the hardest things was that I never felt passionate about things and right. I used to always look at other people and think how can they be so obsessed with that or so passionate yeah. about that like that's not me um, and so I really had this disconnect from even what I enjoyed in life yeah. or what would make me happy I was I guess in such a trance and on autopilot of just doing things because that's what you should do um, so, so how did you find it then so just trial and error really playing okay. around um, being Having an incredibly supportive husband and family and friends who just have always believed in me, no matter, no matter what sort of crackpot idea I come yeah. up with or what I'm going to do, you know, just always, yeah, like give it a go, do it. You know, that sounds amazing. Um, and so after the interior design, um, added a little bit more to that big law hex debt, which was great, yeah. <laughs> and decided, decided to, because I was going on such a health and wellness journey um, because of the infertility and trying to sort of get myself healthy from a nutritional perspective and um, an exercise perspective, thought I'm going to look into that and decided to do um, lifestyle food and wellness coaching as a qualification. Um, and that was great. That was the first stepping point to where I was like, this, this feels good, like this feels really aligned yeah. with where I am at the moment. So you're still working in your job? Still working in the job. But exploring these different things. Yeah, so exploring, exploring, exactly. Coaching. And okay. I think that's a really important thing that I've realised is that it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You know, yeah. you can really have a play and take your time and, and, you know, and again, that job enabled me to have a play and yeah. and to have that security in the finances that meant that, yeah, I'll give that a go. I'll give this a go. Um, and, yeah, so I, I did the wellness coaching and then from that really felt strong about starting my own business, again, as a side project. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess still seeing that as a bit of a hobby because, you know, there was still that that belief that I had to work through. Um, and probably not long after that, so I was running the business part-time. Um, it was doing quite well, running like quite a few workshops um, and so it was fun and I was really, really connected to that. Um, my husband and I decided to, we travel a lot and decide we watched a documentary called Mile, Mile and a Half on Netflix and it was about these people who hiked this trail in America um, called the John Muir Trail and it's about 400 kilometres of um, mountain terrain in the Sierras. Yeah, so we watched that and basically you backpack and you take everything and I saw this and I thought just something in me was like I I want to do that my husband looked at me like you're you right like I've never camped before in my life not into hiking and there was just this strong desire that that was something was it I wanted it was something to do so different but did you need to jolt your system out of something or I what can't was that? even tell you it was just this inner pull to right. to want to do it yes I always remember my husband's face just looking at me on the couch like okay, I'm going to agree to do this because if she changes her mind, like, yeah. this, is, this is such a great opportunity for us to, to take off and, and do something um, that for him um, he would love. And and so we, not long after that, got our permit for this hike and flew to the States, everything in a backpack, our tent, um, and started this 21-day journey. And I, for me... It was quite a transformational experience. Um, prior to going, I'd just got a business coach 
uh, called Lisa Fitzpatrick and I absolutely love her and she's got a spiritual side to how she um, does her business coaching and she was really believing in me and gunning for me and, you know, you can run this business and, and helping me sort of work through a few of these belief systems that I had about finances and, and my abilities and so... I had done that with her. I'd also done a course through um, the Stillpoint Institute with Melanie Ryan just about life cycles and taking steps forward in life and getting momentum going. So I'd done all that just before I did this hike and the hike timing was perfect because I just had that time to sort of uh, integrate everything right. that was and going on. the time to settle in, really. Settle in and yeah. there's nothing like the monotony of walking on a trail, you know. To get you for days To get you, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and And to really confront, for me, it was confronting a lot of limited belief systems mm-hmm. that I held about myself, um, a lot of inherited belief systems that had come from society and my family that necess- weren't necessarily mine. And, um, and then it was just transcending them to build that belief for me I was thinking wow my body and I've um my mind has just got me through such an incredible experience of um hiking up and down these mountains and doing mountain passes and whatever else and camping and doing something so uh if you had have said to me a few years before even a year before that that I would do that I would have just laughed yeah such a different experience but it really just made me realize that yeah, I, I can do this and um, those fears were really based in beliefs that didn't serve me anymore. So, yeah, at the end decided to resign from the job. And Oh, so then you, when you got back you resigned from Yeah, lawyer. sent them an email pretty much as soon as I got cell service um, and, yeah, and decided to resign from my job and, and pursue my business. So actually I want to touch on that because before you said um, – what was holding you back for a while was thinking that you needed to have another job that was, mm. you know, high end, I suppose, or um, considered, you know, intelligent or whatever mm. by society. When you when you decide to take on your business and and finally decided, well, you're going to look at other income streams. Mm. What what was that, or like, have you found that just having just a job being still quite fulfilling or purposeful mm. for your life then? For me, as long as the the jobs that I'm doing align with a greater purpose and meaning or are actually aligned with my values, then that's great and then I'm happy to do it. And so um, currently I run my business. Um, Obviously, for anyone in business, um, they would know that things can fluctuate up and down and so things can be a bit unstable at times. While I'm really, again, I'm in a fortunate situation where um, my husband earns a great income and that's allowed me the freedom that I've got. So I, I know that um, I have some differences to other people who take that plunge or haven't been able to. Um, and, yeah, and I really am grateful for that opportunity that I've got through that. But I do work um, a couple of hours part-time uh, for um, a meditation organisation and also at the Cat Haven mm-hmm. and... Those are just enough to diversify what I do. Um, I enjoy and feel really aligned with what those organisations are about. Um, And they've also just give me a little bit of stable income that I know that that just lets me feel a little bit more settled with what's going on. Do you think that's something that you need is the um, diversification? (laughs) Like having different, um, completely different kind of jobs there. Yeah, for me, I... Um, I am someone who loves to move around and do different things and I do get bored if I'm doing the same thing again and again. I think that's probably why, I think that's a great reason why I've probably tried a lot of different courses and done a a lot of studies when you're just reading all the things that I've done because I just Mm. have this um, passion for learning and and discovery and, and, yeah, just having my brain feel active and challenged in some way. So, Mm. yeah, it plays a big role in that and, Business can be lonely when you're by yourself often um, and it's nice to be in other work environments with other people and um, connection and community is important. So, yeah, I really value that. Um, I kind of want to go into that now, actually. I was going to hold it off for later, but Mm. um, that transition period then, I suppose, for you, you were able to do it because you had some financial stability and Mm. stuff. Um, for someone who didn't necessarily have that, 
there's that period then where you're kind of going to be overloading with work um, between holding on to a job for income um, and trying to do your passion. Mm-hmm. How do people or what's a good way of um, kind of getting through that, I suppose, and, mm-hmm. and still having some kind of balance or time for yourself yeah. um, so that you're not just constantly overloaded and you are working seven days effectively yeah. and, and you're doing sort of, you know, 60, 80 hours a yeah, week. Yeah. And, look, I, I absolutely was doing doing that when I was um, working full-time and doing a business. Um, and when I say part-time, I guess it's not really part-time because it's, you know, I've got a full-time job yeah. and then I'm, I'm running a business on the side. Um, and that weekend's spent doing that um I think it's important to be deeply connected with why you're doing it and how that gives you purpose and passion that's a really good driver and I feel like when you do things that feel great and feel aligned there's a really positive energy exchange so you'll probably notice that when people are doing things that they love it doesn't always matter how much they're working they kind of there's a good flow yeah. there and, and they feel energised and, and um, excited by doing it. I suppose it comes back to something you said in, I think it's on your website, about embracing or enjoying the messiness of yeah. life. Yeah, It's just accepting that and, yeah. and, and, pro- and trial and error and oh play, explore yeah. and, and fail and win. Absolutely. And, yeah, so We're human and I yeah. think as humans um, we'll be flawed, we'll make mistakes Life will be up and down and, and messy and we'll experience good emotions and, and emotions that kind of challenge us in different ways. But that's what we're here to do and that's what we will always experience. Um, it's how you set your mind around that as to whether it's good or bad or um, often I always say our expectations create our own suffering. So if we yeah. expect things to be a certain way and they don't end up that way because let's be honest, we've got no agreement with, you know, it might be with a friend or with um, the universe that we expect things to unfold in a particular way. And when those plans fall through, we can be really upset and disheartened by that. I always say, yeah, but it was your expectations that set up that. So being able to soften those a little bit and let go um, and flow a bit more with life, yeah, definitely makes it more fun. Yeah, as it is <laughs> having fun with your living, yeah. like you're currently living right now, right? Yeah, so have, yeah. have fun with it. Um, do, do you have any techniques that people can actually try and implement if they're that person that um, struggles to switch off because they feel like they're wasting time? Meditation is one of those things that I always say illuminates a lot of that that's going on in your head and you start to go hang on yeah you know who is this (laughs) well actually that's sort of where I want to go now then how do people start to tune into those voices Hmm. is it through meditation or meditation is a really powerful tool to become aware of your thoughts and thoughts are always there Um, monkey mind is completely normal I know a lot of people when they think about meditation there's this real stigma that oh, I can't meditate because I'm always thinking. And I always love to, I just want people to know that um, I'm pretty sure that the majority of people who start meditation have sat down and tried to or have meditated um, and had thoughts running through their head. And monkey mind's something that we all experience at different times. I mean, I've been meditating for years now and I still have times when I experience it and what I find meditation does for me is it really illuminates the thoughts or the stories that are going on in my head. And without the meditation, I could probably be in a trance or in autopilot and those stories are still running and I'm probably really unconscious of them and just acting acting out and not uh, being aware of the control that they're having over what I'm doing. Meditation illuminates those thoughts so it can feel like when you meditate suddenly all these thoughts appear but I can guarantee you those thoughts were probably there before you sat down to meditate just Just suddenly you've sat down and you're like oh my gosh there's a lot of there's a lot of dialogue going on um meditation helps you really illuminate that and bring an awareness uh to the thoughts and emotions and feelings and um, whatever else is going on in your mind and body so what what do we do once we um 
start to realize what's well, you know you get to the point you go okay that thought's not mine that was um my mom mm. or someone or mm. my teacher in grade three mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um what's the next step then for us do we do we create a new story mm. or what like mm. how do we actually get that one out yeah. and put in a new beneficial one for it's us? it's important to like i said yeah bring an awareness to that uh thought and decide if it does really resonate with you and serve mm. you um, on a higher level. And if that thought does, then that's great. But invest, don't be afraid to investigate it a little bit. Yeah. Ask a few questions about it. Um, where's it coming from? And if you really find that that thought is not for your uh, higher being and doesn't serve you on a higher level and make you feel great and nourish you out of love and compassion, then yeah, it's time to change that story and that's going to take time because you've probably told yourself or you have had that particular thought for a really long time. Rewiring a brain takes time and effort and some people use affirmation. It can be selecting particular meditations that can support you in a particular way. It might be aligning with people around you who you know don't carry that belief and who behave in a different way or take steps in a different way, being conscious of the environments you're placing yourself in and the people that you're connecting to, all these sort of things go towards. And even, you know, the TV shows you watch, the, the books you read, um, all of that at some level is impacting and reinforcing beliefs or, yeah, challenging them. So, okay. yeah. So um, how does someone start off? Doing meditation, someone who's never done it before, mm. there must be a way of getting started, like small amount, or um, should they start off being guided by somebody, mm. or do they play around with it at home, or um, mm. do they have to do it every day, or what's yeah. yeah? So starting a meditation practice, I would say, is probably like any other habit that you want to develop. Um, when I run my beginners learn to meditate courses, one of the first things we do is connect really deeply to our reasons for meditating so so why is it that you want to meditate and what is it that you want to experience and feel as a result of meditating so when we can connect on a deeper level to our motivations for doing something it kind of helps carry that habit a little bit longer so thankfully with the life coaching and wellness coaching I've been able to integrate that um, with the meditation course so we do focus a little bit on that um, and then I say to people um, to think about how they can integrate meditation into their life in a way that I guess doesn't disrupt it too much and doesn't take too much effort initially. So um, be really flexible about how you might meditate. Are you a morning person? Is getting up 10 minutes earlier in the morning going to work for you? If not, does getting on the bus and listening to your meditation then work for you or when you get home? Initially, it's really just fitting in meditation where you can fit it in. Um, and starting small, you know, you don't have to sit down and try and do a 60-minute meditation or a 45-minute, do, you know, five minutes. Okay. Um, and and if meditation really is something that you want to integrate and you're finding it hard to do it, why, why are you finding it hard to do it? Is there a belief that you're carrying or a story that you tell yourself, I can't meditate, I don't have time to meditate? Um, if I'm meditating, then I'm not doing anything important and there's other things I need to do um so just be conscious of what's possibly getting in the way of your practice setting up a space in the home really does wonders um so for me I have a space in um my living room is where I meditate it's a corner of the room some people if they're lucky enough they might have a whole room for others it might be um in their bedroom or in bed but again if you're going to meditate in bed just be conscious that your body is really um, trained to get into bed and go to sleep so if you get into bed and you try and meditate before going to sleep you might fall asleep and yeah so just um, have a play obviously if you want to meditate and you don't want to sleep probably don't do it in bed right, yeah <laughs> and so meditation is really it's a it's an act ew, passive active Thing, isn't it like you do, it's not sleeping it's yeah not, it's, and if you're yeah. falling asleep which many people experience they'll start meditating and they'll slip into sleep and that's completely um normal for many people who are fatigued and tired and i say if you're falling asleep sleep like your body 
probably need sleep more than it does meditation. And if you're struggling to sleep but the meditation's helping you drift off into sleep, yeah, cool. That's great. Do it. Yeah. And is there a better time, like if you were to really optimise and get the most out of meditation, mm. um, is there a better time of day to actually do it? Absolutely. So what the study suggests is that meditating in the morning is great. So when you first get up, it sets up your day. Um, meditating in the morning, starting off, you know, start off where you can um, to see real benefits in meditation they do say meditating every day and building up to 45 minutes if that's something that you want to do. But I don't want that to put people off because I think meditating for 10 minutes is going to make such a difference for you anyway. So if you can't do 45 minutes, just do some meditation. Even if you're not seeing the benefits straight away, I can promise you you're starting to rewire patterns in your brain. You're starting to slow things down. Um, just notice how your day plans, you know, plays out. It might play out quite differently using a meditation in the morning that has like a really beautiful affirmation or something you want to bring into your consciousness for that day. Yeah. I um I know a few people and again myself <laughs> who um and guy who have lots of thoughts and I think people who are creative people mm-hmm. um or entrepreneurs and very typically are those people that have a thousand different ideas mm-hmm. and they are these ideas that we are like these are genius like nobody's <laughs> thought of this before or I, I have to do this or this is going to make this happen I I swear I can have like a thousand thoughts within like an hour and my brain is just going crazy yeah is there any way of dealing with those because I feel sometimes you can do your meditation in the morning you mm-hmm. might do meditation at night mm-hmm. but you can't meditate thousands of times throughout the day yeah yeah how can we not grasp onto all of those ideas or filter them or Mm. kind of settle the mind throughout the day. Yeah, absolutely. So some of the things you can do, so I run um, some courses on journaling, which I always say to people is so good um, to do before you meditate. Often having a journaling session where you can have a bit of a brain dump of all the things that have been going on and that are in your mind you can write down all those different ideas and then sit down and meditate and sometimes doing the journaling before you meditate will inform what meditation you decide to do um so if you find oh i've just done my journaling and gee i'm feeling like pretty like anxious today oh so i'm going to pick a meditation that i know is specifically for anxiety um for example or yeah i'm feeling really agitated at this person but I don't want to feel angry at them and I want to bring a bit of compassion, I'm going to do a meditation that's got a compassion focus. Journaling is a really great way to help distill your ideas as well and kind of look through so you've got all these ideas and they're all exciting and then you can start to connect to which ones really deeply align with what, you know, what my business is about or, um, yeah, whatever the choices are that you're wanting to make, which ones feel like they're super connected to what it is that you're yeah, wanting to do and achieve. So you might be a good idea to um, sort of journal every a bunch of things in the morning. Yeah. Do some meditation, settle things down. Yeah. Do your day, and then some people might even need they to. Might do it, yeah, before bed. Yeah, again in the late in the day. Yeah. Just get get them out. Particularly wow. those who are struggling to sleep. You know, sometimes doing a little bit of journaling before might help get those ideas out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have to play around with this. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So now you also said there um, it can help them decide what kind of meditation to do. Yes. So there's different types. Mm. Yeah. What are they? <laughs> yeah, so one of the big things people think is that meditation is just sitting in silence and and having a really still and clear mind. And when we start meditating, particularly as beginners, said monkey mind and thoughts are running through and and it's really hard to bring a focus to what we're doing and and to bring a stillness um so and and again I really want to make it clear that that's completely normal so if you're experiencing that just know that um that is how humans are you know over evolution and stuff we've developed that um ability to have like a constant thinking mind and it used to be to protect ourselves Mm -hmm. from anything that we've got to really worry about that might kill us or be in fear of whereas now that's not so much of a thing we need to worry about so our mind is just kind of jumping onto little things and you'll think oh why am I still worrying about those I don't know dirty dishes or that thing that that person said um and so it's pretty 
that's pretty normal. So if you sit down to meditate and you're beginning, I definitely say choose an active meditation. So an active meditation is one where you're bringing, it's guided, and you'll be bringing your awareness to the focus of the person's voice. And they might be a meditation that is visualization based. It could be guiding you through beautiful scenery and helping you kind of just keep bringing your mind back to that the voice and to the visualization. Yeah, you'll drift off in thought, but just keep coming back, keep training that brain to come back. You could do meditations that are based in affirmation and mantra. Uh, moving meditation is a really nice one for those who find the idea of sitting down just, you know, such a crazy idea to do at the moment. Um, and then as you continue to develop, so there's, um, and there's body relaxation meditations which connect you with your body and help you really feel what's going on inside the body. Um, yeah, and as you go on and you start to feel more comfortable, then you can start to look at meditations that might have a more um, insight base on them. So it could be just it could be seeking as you you transcend the different levels of consciousness. Um, it can be sitting in meditation just to access that inner stillness, connect with your inner wisdom. You know, really see what the inner self is trying to bring forward. Perhaps just find that time to ground and be silent and but not feel like that has to be um you know for meditation it can be different for different people and there's always a type of meditation that will suit um different people you know there's ones that chant or sing or yeah drawing meditation you name it so I do think having a play with those different things is There's good. so many more than I realise. Yeah. I think we're going to have to do another one, another <laughs> yeah. podcast where we can go into the different meditations <laughs> or sure. a video where you, we can yeah, actually explain to. each because I didn't realise, yeah. like most of those I didn't realise existed yeah. and they have a different purpose. Absolutely. Um, can you help some people then who maybe are trying to start or mm-hmm. play around with? Um, you said there's an app that people can use? Absolutely. So um, I am absolutely in love with an app called Insight Timer and that's a free, incredible resource that has some amazing meditation teachers um, delivering free meditations ranging from, you know, 30 seconds or a minute to, you know, hours and you can pick meditations for your chakras, you could pick it for stress, it could be for um, anxiety, like you name it, it's just got everything in there and um, so I really recommend it you know technology can be a bit of a pain at times but I think you know why not use it where it really can support us in a really good way and so Insight Timer um, is 100% an app that I think if you're wanting to start your meditation journey to check that out and and download that onto your phone and you can find me and add me as a friend because it's a beautiful little community Um, yes I really recommend that as a start and and if you find meditating on your own challenging join a group so you know obviously I run um, beginners courses and meditation classes but you know there's so many different meditation groups that you can be part of and sometimes that incentive to be part of a community um, and have that connection is great and can you have people have deeper meditation experiences as well when they're part of um, a meditation group just purely because of the energy that's created in the room and settling in Feeling comfortable, I suppose, with what's around you. Mm. So how can people add you if they go onto the app? So basically you can just search me if you search my name, Lauren Howe, um, and I've got my little wellness co-name on there and then they can add me as a friend and basically you can see what different people are meditating to. Um, You can see, yeah, and you can, you know, if you've got friends who want to meditate, create your own little community and add each other on there. So, yeah, so not sponsored. I just love them. I just think what they do is too good not to share. I'm going to have to make a group with my girlfriends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I know they'll they'll love it, especially all the mums of, you know, Absolutely. they need some time for themselves yeah i can so. imagine um how so i kind of want to still talk about um meditation um but now more specifically in terms of um optimizing physical performance mm. in terms of fitness and stuff um i know like even like a lot of singers and actors mm. use meditation to be able to get into their body and then be more present in the moment mm. and deliver a better performance um but then also a lot of athletes, you know, pro- professional runners so that mm. they're relaxed at the time that the, the mm. um, gun goes off and they can, you know, respond or um, mm. boxers might do it as well just so they get in the zone. Mm. How does, 
Well, so I suppose two questions here. Mm. How does stress affect our physical performance so mm. much? And then how does meditation, mm. how are they benefiting from meditation and getting optimized performances, mm. I suppose? Yeah, sure. So with the first part to do with stress, I guess stress has two, um, I guess if you think of stress in two different ways. So you've got stress that, you know, temporary stress that optimizes a performance because it gets your um, body fired up and you're, and you're ready to go. So um, you know, if you think about that from a, a performance perspective, that's not, you know, that's not a terribly bad thing, particularly if in your mindset you're seeing it as a positive thing that's really helping you. Um, mindset is really powerful in terms of whether you see stress as good or bad. Um, but then you've got stress that can occur over long periods of time. And when you've got that, it means that your adrenals and everything's constantly firing and you're constantly in flight or fight mode. Um, and so you can imagine, like, the body's super tense and then you start to get different illnesses that start to arise in the body you, know, you get people who will experience um, as a result of stress anxiety they might be experiencing um, irritable bowel syndrome headaches unable to sleep high blood pressure so you can really see how it starts to impact the body on a physical level um, and with meditation, one of the key things I think with that is it does, you know, it's um, been studied and found to reduce stress. And uh, with meditation, once you connect with your body and start to feel what's going on, you might notice, you know, oh, hang on, my shoulders are really tense. Mm. Um, you know, oh, I'm clenching my stomach or my, my thighs feel tight or I'm always frowning or my jaw's tight. Um, doing a body scan helps you reconnect so we're pretty good many of us at living outside of our body and not wanting to connect yeah. with what's going on because there's some probably cold hard truths that the body's trying to tell us obviously if we don't respond to them those can those signs and signals can get stronger um, as other illnesses start to creep in to the point where sometimes we're uh, forced to stop because mm. the body doesn't want to do it anymore meditation can help you connect your stress a lot faster and know where you're carrying it and making a conscious choice to start to relieve that stress and reduce it and, um, you know, and to breathe deep into the belly, which um, that elicits a relaxation response. So there's different ways that the meditation can help you start to unwind that stress. So if you're quite a stressed person, you might feel like you're fine and that everything's good, um, but you might also be used to just functioning at a high stress level and that's become normal so you meditate it slowly starts to unwind and stress comes off in in stages so it won't one meditation unfortunately won't unwind all of that um but the more you do it the more relaxed the body will become the more stress starts to dissipate and then as you become more connected to your body you can pick up on stress signals quite quickly yeah i know a lot of the people that i've worked with um you ask them, you know, they're having problems with sleeping or they're having gut issues. Those are the two biggest ones that mm -hmm. I see. And you go, are you stressed? And they're like, do you suffer with stress? No, no, I feel mm -hmm. fine. And then I start asking some questions mm -hmm. or I get them to do the, the survey that I've got. Mm -hmm. And then they go, oh, wow, like mm -hmm. I'm really, really suffering with a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. And I've even heard of, um, you, like you said before, when you're stressed, you, your gut, you can really tense mm -hmm. up and then, that can be a trigger for a lot of IBS symptoms mm -hmm. and things like mm -hmm. that. And I've even heard of people doing meditation before eating. Mm. So people that were getting irritable, wow, they yeah, were beautiful. to do some breathing before they eat. Mm. You're allowing the whole body to relax and prepare mm. to eat. I mean, eating has always been, um, you know, an enjoyment collaborative mm. kind of thing, isn't it? Sit Absolutely. with friends and family and enjoy it. Mm. Whereas now it's like stand up, chuck it down, yeah. quick, go to get work. Yeah. And, and no wonder we're having so many gut issues. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, we could go on forever, and I think I'm going <laughs> to have so to book another time <laughs> with you because I do want to talk about intuition, but I think we're probably – this is probably already going to be two podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before I do, like, finish completely – couple of things um what is a wellness coach mm. exactly and how can people find you mm -hmm. so a wellness coach I guess I'll, I'll speak about how I operate um so I guess I come from a I'm a lifestyle food and wellness coach um, but what I do is more connected to life purpose um and 
Basically, a wellness coach acts as someone or I act as someone who supports someone in their their journey to discovering deeper meaning and purpose in their life and supporting them to create the space so that they can start to transcend limited belief systems and fears and things that are holding them back from uh, finding deeper meaning and fulfilment and connection in every day. So that's really through targeted um, and specific questioning. Each session is really different, obviously, depending on the person. Uh, but it's allowing that person to, I believe that everyone knows what they need to do and and they have the answers themselves. As a coach, I purely support them to come to that realisation and to answer those questions, make those choices and those decisions themselves. So it's a really empowering process. It's a, pro- a process where they have 100% control over the choices that they're making and what happens. I don't delve into past traumas or relive anything like that. Uh, but what I do do is allow for acknowledgement of belief systems that don't serve anymore, um, fears that might be sitting there that are really getting in the way of them connecting to their true self. Um, yeah, so it's it's a really beautiful process. And I, I do a seven-step program, um, Pathway to an Awakened Heart, and so that integrates meditation as part of it. Um, there's journaling as part of it. So it's a real self-discovery process uh, for them to reconnect yeah. to their, mm-hmm. yeah, their true self. I would definitely say to anybody who's um, not sure of what a coach does or they're thinking, oh, you mm. know, are they just going to tell me what I already know? Mm. Or Like I would say just give it a go Mm. because I think a lot of the time, I think all of us just need that soundboard, you know, that that support and that person to just Mm. listen to you and go, yeah, Mm. you you actually know your answers. You've got to tune into it and it's really hard to do it on our own. Absolutely. I think everybody needs someone to. Having that dedicated time to set aside where you can really go in and, and, get some insight and um, have someone question some of those yeah. things that you hold, that you've held for so long. and that, um, But, you know, in a really, the way I work is very grounded and nurturing and supportive way, um, can allow that person to make some big transformations in their life. Um, but purely they are feeling empowered in doing those. Mm-hmm. So they, they're taking 100% ownership of their journey But there's a sense of, uh, for some people, it's a sense of accountability. And a coach will often push you beyond what you would do on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, And where can they get in touch with you? Yeah, so my website, uh, thelittlewellnessco.com.au, is uh, where you can find my coaching program. You can also find uh, the mindful and meditation experiences that I run so that's the sort of the spot where yeah where I am and you're on Instagram and I'm on Instagram and Facebook and all those yeah social media channels yeah yeah. you got a beautiful Instagram actually it's just a nice one to have on there and it's got beautiful calming kind of pictures and it's thank you yeah I do really like it I probably spend too much time doing that do you know a lot of people (laughs) spend too much time on Instagram but it has its benefits as long as we use it right I'm such a visual person so yeah. yeah Yeah, I think it is actually the place that most visual creatives yeah, go to because yeah. I do like to look at things. Um, okay, final question. Mm. This is a bit of a trickier. <laughs> um, if there's one thing that we could do or implement in our lives mm. to better optimise our time, mm. what would that one thing be? Mm. To better optimise your time. I think with optimising your time, it's bringing a conscious choice to how you're spending your time and being really mindful um, of what it is that you're doing and ensuring that what you're doing resonates with you on a really deep, heart-centred, fundamental level. Because if we're just doing stuff to fill time, it doesn't matter what you do, you're always going to be chasing a deeper mm. feeling of uh, connection to the self or higher purpose and higher meaning. Um, so, yeah, really being conscious and mindful of the choices that we're making and what we're aligning to, um, I would say would yeah allow you to know that the time that you're spending is important. But, you know, remember, life should be fun and lighthearted and, yeah. you know, 
yeah, there's moments in life that are serious, but don't forget, yeah, the lightness of life and yeah. things don't have to be as serious as I think yeah. we make them. Oh, that's good. Because yeah. I do remember actually you saying to me about choices. Are you making the choice mm. out of fear? Mm. Or are you making the choice for love? Absolutely. Yourself? So Yeah, I think that's a big big thing when you connect with what you're doing and when when you make a choice out of fear, fear because you're worried about finances or fear because you're worried about what someone will say about you or how they'll judge you, those choices that you're making, they are just um, supporting a mindset and a, a belief system that's that's negative and, and unhealthy. But when you're moving from a place of love, nourishing yourself, of um, deep compassion for yourself, for others, for higher meaning, um, that's always gonna gonna be good, and even if the outcome doesn't turn out how you want it, you know that what you've done was in pure truth and and out of love, so it can never be bad. Mm. Yeah. Oh, thank you That's so okay. much for joining us. I've no learned so much, and I think you would have helped so many people <laughs> oh, listening. And you. we would definitely be booking. Again I would love to. <laughs> I want to talk about intuition. I want to go more into the meditation <laughs> realm. Oh my god. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me here. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Lauren Howe from The Little Wellness Co. Thank you so much, Lauren, for speaking with us today and for talking about your personal journey. I think a lot of our listeners will be able to relate to it and learn a lot from that. Um, Now, if anyone is interested in seeking coaching from Lauren, you can check her out on her Instagram page, which is at littlewellnessco. And we'll also have links to her website and meditation workshops in our show notes. Now, before you go, we have two awesome books to give away from the Beaufort Street Bookstore in Mount Lawley. To win these, simply review and subscribe to this podcast. And just a reminder, I have a select number of private health coaching sessions available for you, which you can book through our website at ikuku.com.au, which is spelt I-K-U-K-U.com.au, or via my personal Instagram page, which is at Alexandra underscore Shep, or on our iKuku Insta, which is at iKuku underscore AUS. You'll also be able to find out uh, about my upcoming webinars and live events on these platforms as well. Don't forget to check out our show notes for all the references mentioned in today's chat, as well as our special giveaways. Thanks for listening to the iKuku podcast at iKuku.com.au.